Hey guys, welcome to the No Fly List, where we talk about being brown in America. I'm Adir. And I'm Layla. And today we have Emmy-nominated digital producer from Samantha B, Anna Breton. Welcome! Hi. How does it feel? Newly minted Emmy-nom. I feel great. Yeah? Congrats! You shiny and gold. Thank you. You look shiny and gold. Oh, thank you so much. It's a new Sephora line. She's like standing in this weird pose, like holding a big giant golden orb. It's crazy. You look exactly like the Emmy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so there, you're going this weekend, you told me? Or no? So we get to go to two different Emmy cer- ceremonies. There's the Creative Emmys, which they call the Nerd Emmys or the Shmemmys. <laughs> <laughs> That's this weekend. And then next weekend is the Primetime Emmys or the Real Emmys. So we get to go to both. Which that's is, amazing. It's very exciting. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, we should also tell you that Anna is the wife of our former guest, Nick Pappas, who is our like highest rated yeah. episode. Whoa. Our most yeah. listened episode. So now it's competition. It's on. <laughs> you got <laughs> to top that. We're very competitive, so I'm going to beat him and listen. <laughs> listens. You just have to like say a bunch of like very well-crafted sound bites oh, that people will want right. to quote and like pull out. Yeah, I'm Be- ready. You're really good on Twitter too. Oh, like thank you so much. I love your Twitter account. Thank and you. also, can I just say, like, Anna's so supportive of everybody because you always, <laughs> no, really, you're the best. Like, you support everybody. You tag people. You're like, hey, you should pay attention to these people. And you really make an effort to, you know, use your platform to give other people like voice, which is really cool. That's awesome. Do you do follow Fridays? Um, I started doing follow a female filmmaker Fridays. Ooh, nice. Yes, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Cool. I feel like I don't know enough about these things. I'm about just like, like the yeah, what the po- I yeah. don't know. What the, like it's the not that I'm trying lingo. not to support people. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just going <laughs> also on no one follows me, so I'm like, <laughs> this is not helpful to any of these people. <laughs> going on Twitter gives me such anxiety. Like, I know. I don't want to open it ever because I'm just like, Ugh. I know. Uh, well, when how did you get into working for Samantha B and being digital producer? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's just start a with a small stuff. story. Um, I did filmmaking for a long time. I went to college for filmmaking and I actually started doing documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point in the back of my mind, I was like, I really want to get into comedy. I, I, it's just something I have to do. And Nick and I just moved to New York to pursue filmmaking here. And it was kind of like the time that I was like, I have to just pursue comedy. So I started taking classes at UCB. The Upright Citizens Brigade. Cool. Improv classes or sketch or what did I you I did start? both okay. and I was really involved in their digital department so that's where they made videos. So I already kind of had the background of filmmaking and I just learned how to edit and film comedy and that's kind of where I got my start in making comedic videos. Um, and I met a producer there who kind of set me up to interview for the show and they kind of changed my life. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How long have you been there now? I've been there since the show started, so almost oh, wow. three years, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I started a week before the first show. <laughs> do they have, like, a, I feel like I've seen this on Samantha B's, like, socials, but do they have, like, a strong, like, female um, staff? Yes, because, absolutely. Yeah, I know other comedy shows are not Definitely like that. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. No, we, so my depart- department, my, the digital department is all women, which is That's so cool. incredible. That is very cool. It's really fun. Yeah. But overall, the show is very female and mm-hmm. uh, people of color which is really great yeah and rare I feel yeah. <laughs> yes really not the case in comedy at all um 
it must be fun to work with Samantha. Do you get to interact with her a lot or not so much? Yeah. I That's mean, cool. I talk to her probably once a day. And then when we film videos, I get to see her and see how she's doing. And she's Do you ever prank her? <laughs> you know what? I had I pitched this crazy idea for a digital video where we would set up a camera in her office that was... Okay, so I, sh I need to s <laughs> rewind a little bit. So that week, I had bought a camera f to watch my dog at home. And it flings treats to my dog from my phone. How? So you just press a button and then the camera has like a little compartment and it flings treats, right? Oh my God. So forward, so, cool. so I got the camera, I flinged treats to my dog, is the best day of my life. The next day I come into the office and I pitch that we put one of those in Sam's office, but instead it flings like her favorite treats. And <laughs> it actually was an approved pitch. So we made it into a video and we couldn't of course build the dog camera. So we had someone throw food at her. Oh my God. And it landed like on her head. So that's that was so funny. She was really up for it, and it was, it's up on she, our website. She seems so like <laughs> oh, we gotta watch that. She seems like she'd be like cool and down to new ideas and like fun totally. stuff like that. She just yes. seems like a cool person. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then you, you and Nick also went to the same college. Is that right? Yes, we met at the University of Utah. Uh, we were both working at the student newspaper there. Yeah, he told us the story. So how, yeah. you, <laughs> how you stood him? He said initially you stood him up, and then we were like, wait, she didn't call her text. He was like, well, she did, but like it was late. I, I didn't purposely stand him up. Yeah. You know, it's a very romantic story when it's you think so about it. It's super romantic. <laughs> if people like, don't know what refer what we're referring to, please go back and listen yes. to Nick's episode because it's great. I think it's episode three. I think so. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun one. That's really nice that you guys – are both kind of in this like the same line of work and doing comedy so you moved to new york purposely for comedy from utah or from yeah i mean i always wanted to live here i always wanted to pursue film and comedy here and it came down to a point where i was like i have to do it now or else it's never going to happen and he was very much on board with it so he actually had a different job that was able to transfer him here and he ended up quitting that very very stable good job that he had to pursue comedy writing as well wow so and now you guys are homeless or <laughs> <laughs> wow samantha b is really not paying you much now. <laughs> no i'm just kidding that's awesome and nick is you guys have a podcast as well right called we do it's uh, called 36 questions yes and we ask we get two strangers in a room to ask each other the the 36 questions which was a psychological experiment that a, a professor kind of made up to get strangers to kind of be more amicable and mm -hmm. sometimes they fall in love so it's kind of an experiment that we do that's so cute yeah i tried to do it with my boyfriend and it made us both really depressed no we, we <laughs> did it are intense and i think we stopped because it got yeah it got too intense yeah. and i oh, was no. like let's just finish dinner no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no i think you just have to be in the right mindset yeah. and the right mood to do it we did it before nick told us about the thing i didn't realize it was the same one i was like oh yeah i saw like a new york times article about it which is yeah, like yeah. really cool um and where did you grow up were you in Utah or no? So I was born in Mexico City, and my family moved us to Utah uh, when I was nine, nine years old. <laughs> Very big change. <gasps> what was that like? Uh, I, th I mean, I was just a kid, so my parents kind of said, hey, we're going to go on vacation, try this place out. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah they're like, we're going to see, you know, this place that people keep talking about, and we just moved. So I, to me, there wasn't like didn't realize what a big change it was going to be and at what point did you realize oh no we're not going back to mexico city i think after a couple of years i was like i, <laughs> I think we're staying here. you're like, like in hey, college to you guys yeah, like, like, 
wait a minute. Yeah, I think we should. I should start making friends here. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why did they move to Utah? The Mexico City is just. I it's mean, like easy to. They they had a lot of experience. I shouldn't say experience, but uh, just there, there was a lot of crime there. Yeah. Uh, when we were there and I really feel like they just googled like they got on their computer and googled like safest place in the mm. United States and Utah popped up um, I guess they were right <laughs> they, I think they were right uh, so that's kind of where they decided to move so there was no you didn't have any relatives there or anything it was just like a blind move to Utah we had my uh, my grandmother had moved she was the first one okay. to move to Utah and I think everyone kind of followed her because she said she had great reviews about really? it so uh, <laughs> yeah that's so cute that's a big brave th- grandma were there other uh, Mexican people in like where you grew up or around you when you were a child or growing up in Utah in general Utah's not very diverse uh, it's like 96% Caucasian so no there <laughs> sounds about right oh my I was there any friction for you, like, growing up there? There wasn't a lot of friction, actually. Um, I think people are very accepting in the community that I grew up of Mormons. Mm-hmm. Um, so people tended to be very accepting. Um, I was pretty lucky and privileged that I have pretty white skin. So mm-hmm. I was white passing. So people didn't really know I was Mexican until I told them. And everyone was always very shocked. Yeah. Always complimented me on my accent. And <laughs> which <laughs> is not English a good thing. so well. You know what's funny is people say that to me sometimes. And I don't, I obviously don't look anything. But I not, like they say it not in conversations related to ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes older people have just come up to me and said, you were really great you speak english really well how did you learn and i'm just like what are you talking about what do you mean (laughs) it's really strange like it's such a weird i don't think i would ever say that to somebody yeah i have a friend that was um so she's half korean half black she grew up in alabama and people say that to her too (laughs) and i'm like okay she's like born and raised there her entire life but if you look different i mean i don't know it's probably the same experience also people say it like it's a compliment oh you don't look mexican or you don't look middle eastern like as if like you should be like thank you Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Do you get that, Layla? I'm yeah, sure and people I tell you don't say, look. I'm like, thank you. Dodged a bomb there. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, is it Dino Vidala has a really funny joke about it, how people say, like, oh, like, they'll talk about uh, Muslims or whatever. And he's like, oh, they, you don't look Muslim or you don't look Arab or something. And he's like, all, all the easier for me to accomplish my mission. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's amazing. So, like, you guys should be careful. Undercover Arab, (laughs) undercover brown people right here. Um, I it's funny that people in Alabama thought I was Mexican because nobody knew anything else. They're like, white? She's not white. She's not black. Uh, Mexican Mexican. it is. is. (laughs) Like, I have a joke, like, in my early days, people would be like, so what kind of Mexican are you? And I'm like, what? Like, why do people... You should respond and say, like, vanilla or caramel. (laughs) The Palestinian kind, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know, like, uh, Rocky Road. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, that's good that you didn't really experience... Like, I I lived in Alabama as a kid, too, and I didn't realize... When I came to New York, everyone was like, oh, my God, what was it like growing up in Alabama? What was it like? And I'm like, I don't... I guess I didn't really think about it when I was a kid because it just felt like a normal childhood. Yeah, I don't know. When I moved to Alabama, it was like a nightmare, and everybody I had never been treated like that badly. And you went life. well. You <laughs> went during like the worst years, like in high school. Yeah, 
That's true. And I came from like a totally different world that it was like a big culture shock as well. But I know that at least in or what I've heard about Utah and what I've heard about like the Mormon faith is that they're supposed to be very inclusive and kind people. Is that something you found to be they true? They are very kind people. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, I know it's a generalization and yes. we shouldn't do that. But um, that is the kind of like the Quakers have that same stereotype of yeah. being, being all around good people. Yeah. I would, say that. I would say that, yeah. Do your parents still live there? Yes. Most okay. of my family is still there, yeah. Oh, wow. Do you go back to visit a lot? Mm. Yes. We go usually twice a year for Christmas and then sometimes some random time in the summer. Mm-hmm. Nice. It must be, yeah, it must be nice to go back to the same, like you and your partner, to go back to the same hometown, so to speak. Yeah, our families live 20 minutes apart, so oh it's my gosh. really, really nice. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. I only had that when Nostra and I went to Palestine last summer because his parents lived there and then he came to Alabama with me last time I was there like uh, a month ago and he was like how did you live here he's like it's too <laughs> slow oh yeah I totally he forgot. was like freaking yeah. out like he was like oh my god dear how did you last year I was like it wasn't that bad okay I, I disagree my, I, I think it was myself defending it's it. the worst place in the entire world and I have not been I know but you like can years. say that because you live there but That's I feel true. like someone yeah. that didn't live there I got like defensive about why was it. it so why is it so bad Can I ask? um for me it was bad because everyone was just um like, even though, like, I'm extremely white-passing, but in Alabama, people were so, they were, nobody thought well, I was You're so exotic, too. Yeah, uh, they to were, like, Alabamians. really physically, like, putting down, what do you call it? Like, insulting just constantly my looks all the time, which was really aggressive. And then they would ask if, like, because my dad works for NASA, they would ask if he was a terrorist, like, that was building a bomb. And you're, like, like obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't tell anybody. We're not ready yet. Um, and like, I don't know. I mean, they, they, like racism in the South is just very like vocal and open. So maybe, you know, in, cause I went to college in Michigan and there was a much larger Arab population, a much larger, Mm -hmm. um, just minority population in general. And people were still racist, but they wouldn't do it to somebody's face. They would say like, they would just act racist or the neighborhoods are very segregated, Mm -hmm. things like that. In the South, it's very much like part of the conversation like people have mm-hmm. no shame with it so it was like and I w- that's what I wasn't used to so I wouldn't say that other places I've lived weren't racist or whatever or didn't have their prejudices prejudices <laughs> but um prejudice 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 but they weren't you know they in the south they're just like almost borderline proud of it um which is like I feel like now if you like go on twitter and go on the news people are like burning their nike shoes and socks and that's like a really good like that's like a total south move I feel like that people would yeah do. also like do you really think you're making a difference like yeah you still that? bought those things <laughs> yeah it's yeah. too late now like nike doesn't care what you do with their product yeah, after they made you buy their them. money yeah, yeah exactly it's like you're an idiot you could have resold them i will say that it's changing a little bit at least in birmingham because i live up in huntsville birmingham is a blue city and it's it's definitely becoming more liberal have have there been any changes since you've seen like since you left utah from you know when you lived there till now have you noticed any like change in attitude or um well when trump was running the state was kind of split because even the republicans there did not want him to be president so it really split all the republicans in the state which was a really really big change so that was really cool to see yeah um, you're like okay go- it's good to know that they don't blindly like yes. vote for him yes oh my gosh that must be crazy like i don't know i've never been to utah i'm really curious about it i know a lot of muslims like live there too because i know one they, <laughs> you know one yeah I've, I've heard that there's a 
decent Muslim population because they also, you know, don't drink and don't do anything. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It makes it true. easier, I guess. You don't have to explain. There's a lot of desert. They'll feel at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> desert land. I don't know. I hear it's beautiful, though. It's beautiful. All the outdoors, all the southern part of Utah mm-hmm. with all the hikes and everything. It's just really, really beautiful. Uh, so how long did you live there after you graduated? Uh, up until four years ago when Nick and I moved here. So I oh, did. you only moved here four years yeah. ago? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I feel like you guys have been and here longer. And you got Sam B like three years. I know. Dude, <laughs> you were like, this is like a, like not rags to riches, but like stardom story, like <laughs> small so town fast. to like yeah. yeah. You're like living the New York dream. You're like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pack up my stuff Hint. and move, and then it happens, which is awesome because you deserve it. And you're very talented, but it's cool to see it actually happening. Thank you. I felt like I hustled very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, it's funny because, like, when you're the one doing it, you're like, yeah, it's been a long, arduous <laughs> road. But from the outside, people are just like, oh, cool, you got this thing. Like, that's awesome. That must feel great. And you're like, I'm so tired. I'm I work so, so hard. I know. I know. That's also been my go-to response. People are like, how are you doing? Tired. And I'm like, am mm-hmm. I? Am I just saying that? I feel like I'm always tired. New York just tires you out. Yes. Yes. Just existing here is tiring. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was going to say, um, awesome. oh, do you guys think that since Trump now celebrities feel like they have the, the green light to start uh, running for office? Or do yeah. you feel is it something that Cynthia, you think, was like thinking about for a while? It's mm, a good question. Maybe. And well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I Reagan mean, was an actor as well. And his slogan, I yeah. think, was also make America great again which a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Um, and really? then Arnold, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger was That's also true. Like he, Trump certainly wasn't the first. Just the most incompetent. Yes. And the most, like, um, sudden, you know? Like, Reagan was an actor in the 50s and then ran in the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. there was some time for There people. was a transition. Yeah. This was just like, oh. <laughs> it was like he's in Legally Blonde and was like, I think I'll run for president today. How has that affected your work since Trump has become president? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Does it mostly revolve around it? I mean, we don't cover Trump every single show. uh, But when Trump won, we had to have a meeting where Sam was like, okay, now our purpose has changed. Like, we no longer can do silly stories or things that don't matter. Like, not that we did silly things or things that didn't matter, but now we really have to have a deeper purpose on why we do everything so everything kind of changed after that and there were a lot of stories that we wanted to do that we kind of just shoved aside and really focused on Mm -hmm. how we wanted to change things so it definitely changed that's really cool though to be on a team of women working for a female host like I think it gives the rest of us some hope (laughs) Uh, especially like doing comedy do you do um, like comedy outside of digital producing are you still doing like improv or sketch I did improv a little bit I had I was with um, an all-female show at the pit called the box a couple years ago oh yeah I know the box yeah that was awesome Um, right now I'm with a sketch team called kids these days which I'm the director for cool it's really really great Um, but aside for that from that I just kind of freelance a lot in comedy videos oh cool that's where my focus is like on camera or more no I'm never on camera I just I love filmmaking and I love editing and filming and that's kind of my jam no way cool I wish I had more technical skills like literally you do all (laughs) the production work for this podcast which is awesome and like I have no technical skills when it comes to that like the most is I learned how to edit a YouTube video 
um like on youtube on youtube their video editor is like so annoying it is it's very (laughs) annoying and but i was so proud of myself that i still did it and i was like i wish i had i don't know i guess growing up in alabama it didn't occur to me or growing up with immigrant parents it did not occur to me that you could major in something like that in tv and film and the arts like it wasn't even a thought that came across like was it an issue for your parents when you told them that you wanted to do this no they were so supportive but my mom still thinks that i will only be successful when she sees me on camera mm-hmm. um not you know she's so supportive so excited for what i'm doing and last year i took her to the emmys as well and it was oh my amazing gosh, they're so coming cool. again this year uh but one time i was interviewed for the news i can't remember why and she saw me on tv and she was like you've made it you're <laughs> on television and i was like that's not what i do like i'm not an actress <laughs> I do all the behind-the-scenes work. Yeah. So. Do you not have any desire to be on camera? No. Really? Not at just all. like, no. I want to do all the behind-the-camera. I just want to keep the ship running and steer yes. the ship and sort I'm of kind of control everything else, which is super important <laughs> and amazing. I'm just a nerd about cameras, and I just bought a drone, and I'm really excited Ooh, about it. <laughs> so, that's really cool. Yeah. We should have brought it. I don't know. I feel like it's suspicious if like, <laughs> three brown girls flying and a, drone a drone inside mm. a studio. <laughs> which which drone did you buy? I bought the Mavic uh, Pro. Damn. I don't know what that means. One of my I so barely <laughs> know what a drone is. I mean, I do, but like barely. It's like a tiny, tiny helicopter. <laughs> it um, takes videos. Yeah, pictures. my. Yeah, videos and pictures, and they can do other things. I've seen like them at like bombs. weddings. Oh my god, you People guys! People love that. That is crazy. Is it that people do? Okay, I think it's Arabs cheesy. love it. I, I don't know, know. Arab. Well, Arabs love, <laughs> love anything over the top. They, exactly, they love yeah. anything over the top. You can't blame them. But like, <laughs> it's so. Like, I don't know. What do you think about drone wedding shots? Nasid wants one at our wedding. And I'm Seriously? like, we're not that. I co- mean, do co- it. Like, you, you, it's nice to have. For can posterity. we borrow your drone? No, it's kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can hire me to drone your wedding. Yes. I didn't know it was a thing until I posted a drone video, and then people suddenly started tagging each other who were getting married and saying, Stop. like, do this, do you gotta do this. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, is this a thing? Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, but yeah. very cool, I guess. It was weird having it indoor. It was like, a, a it was family an indoor w- wedding. Yeah, that's why I was like, it was just what hovering you, above me, and it was I was loud, like, huh? They had I a know, drone indoors. Yes, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, see that I don't understand. I, it was definitely like excessive. Like they did not need it. I mean, I guess they used it outside too, but then we were inside, and I was like, well, what is this thing flying above me? Because I understand if you have like a destination wedding and you're in like a really beautiful yeah. scene and you want to get like like the whole grounds yeah. of yeah. The whatever. But I this understand. was doing nothing, but just like people's heads from above. Yeah. Like, what do you <laughs> It was just testing out different angles. Like, I don't know. There's Being able to rate different uncles' uh, bald spots. are just extra sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with them. But I also love them because uh, I, I imagine much like Mexican weddings, they're, like, really fun and over the top and crazy and lots of family yes, and stuff. Yes, 100%. Uh, was your wedding like that? Or did you did you either of you guys incorporate any of your, like, origin cultures into your wedding? or? So our wedding was catered with our favorite Mexican restaurant in Utah and it was so Aww. so good and my parents had hired a mariachi band but they <gasps> never showed up what <laughs> they, they stood just, you up they stood me <laughs> yeah. up they just did not show up which was fine because everything else was yeah. incredible but um the DJ started playing Latin music like bachata just out of control and all my aunts started dancing and then Nick's father kind of went up to the DJ and like showed him his cell phone and was like can you play this and then he started playing a greek song 
And like the Sorba dance. dance. And yeah. then everyone joined into the dance. And that was one of my favorite moments of the wedding where he was like, okay, no, and we need some Greek traditions in here. So that's everyone, so nice. Yeah, Did your so parents good. like get along? Uh, Our parents love each other. That's great. It's oh, insane. Our moms write each other on Facebook all what? the time. And then. That's oh, so that's cute. so cute. Our dads go to auctions together. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's a thing in Alabama. Is it really? I remember, yeah, a lot of people like my. Not my dad, but I remember, like, a lot of, like, I don't know, middle-aged dudes would just go to <laughs> auctions. Like, car auctions or just, like, it's, an, general it's auctions? anything, like, refurbished computers, I don't know, Ooh, storage So it's like eBay Live. It's yeah. <laughs> actually, is it? E- yeah, eBay is just, like, <laughs> online. Like, texting, but on paper. <laughs> what is that? You mean writing? Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah, our parents get along too, but they live on his parents live on the other side of the world. So oh. I don't know. We just set a wedding date though. Oh my Should god, I when's your wedding it? date? What? Yes, you heard it here first. Oh, <laughs> you're taking my catchphrase. <laughs> so I, I I've been sort of trying to start this catchphrase, but not. I really. don't think you were trying. It happened no, naturally. No, it happened naturally. Of course, of course. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> there. I usually reserve that for like really hot topics. Uh, September 13th, 2019. Wow. I know that's later than we originally For said. a second, I thought you meant like this next September, week? and I was like, what the Yeah, heck? so it's next week. <laughs> I would love to just elope, to be honest, if my parents wouldn't kill me, but they would die, because you have to have, like, a huge wedding and invite, like, a million family members. Were there a lot of people at your wedding? So we also wanted to elope, and we kind of just started telling our friends, like, we're going to elope, just we're going to go to a park and get married, and... Everyone was so supportive, like, oh, that's so great. Like, I'm going to just, you know, buy a flight and be there so I can watch you guys get married. And so many of our friends started doing that. Like, oh, that's – please elope, but I just want to be there to celebrate with you guys. And we're like, we Aww. just we just have to have a wedding. And so – Yeah, I guess it would be upsetting for the other people. Like, you'd have to – like, everyone's like, so just I'll just invite this person, just this person, just close family, friends. And you're like, okay, I already have, like, 100 people. Might as well be a wedding. <laughs> Uh, did you do it in Utah? We did it in Utah. It was a beautiful venue on a mountain. Like, it was on the side of the mountain, and that's Aww. all there is. And I was – I did not want to get married for a long time. I just didn't like weddings. And Same. on the day of my wedding, I was so happy and, like, Aww. the happiest, like, monster. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. It was I hope crazy. I feel that way because all I felt since I got off the phone with the wedding people's panic. I'm like, ah! <laughs> like the venue? Like yeah, I'm like, I venue? put it, like, we put the deposit and I'm just like, well, can't Are back out now. Are you guys paying now. for your own wedding or are your parents chipping in? I think they'll chip in what they can, but it's pretty much us. Yeah. I mean, we're grown ass people at this yeah. point. We're in our 30s. Like, it's, you know, parents are like retired. So it's kind of just stressful i'm sure but it'll be fine i guess it also helps to not really have a lot of like ideas in mind in a <laughs> yeah. sense because i'm not like gonna be a bridezilla about it I'm like it must be this way mm-hmm. i'm just like all right fine the venue like handles everything and i'm like that sounds good that's oh yeah fine. That is that's fine yeah that's what i wanted like yeah we found we originally wanted to like create everything ourselves and like just find a venue and like do all the decoration i don't know and then i was like no i for someone who hates planning why would i do that to myself i don't know is it here? Is the venue here? Yeah, it's gonna be. It's on Long Island. Cool, 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 cool. Can I? I hope come? it's on like the <laughs> ratchet yeah. part of Long Island. You should, the ratchet part. Is yeah. there a ratchet part? Yes. It's the nice part. Oh. Well, it's like, like the 40, It's like forty minutes from here. Oh. Um. It is. I don't know what it's called. Is Westbury a place? West. Or maybe it sounds it's not. like a place. I don't think that is that. Westbury. Adam, are you from Long Island? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you fit the description. I What's don't know. The description? I don't really know. Ratchet? White male. No. 
<laughs> put together white male who are you from New York, Adam? From Minnesota. No okay. Yeah. We should, mountains there too. We should do a, a spotlight on uh, Adam one day and just get all the dirt because <laughs> I feel like you have to listen to us talk about the same things all the time. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm actually going to see Cynthia Nixon. <gasps> really? What? Right after this. Will you tell what? her I saw her at the parade? Yes, if you want to give me a message. Yes. I, I will totally do that. I do have a message. Weird coincidence, right? <laughs> you have Can a message? You tell her to fix the subway. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her to so fix weird. my MTA card specifically. <laughs> okay. This is riveting stuff. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> this is riveting podcasting. Uh, tell her to learn if how anyone, to twerk. If anyone works to twerk. Yeah. Oh, okay. She was at the parade. She wasn't she twerking. She was twerking? No. Was she anyone was else twerking? Yes. Have oh, you really? been to the West Indian parade? No, I have not. That's I can't say I have. I have had lot. oxtail, though. It's good. It's delicious. It is delicious. Um, is it actually oxtail? Do you know? Is it? I, I think so. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I like to think it is. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was. Um, what were we talking about? Did you have a quinceanera? Okay, so this is a great story. <laughs> is this a question you always get? <laughs> no, I actually oh, like talking okay. about it a lot. So obviously when I, was in fi- when I was 15, I was in high school, and I didn't tell a lot of people that I was from Mexico or Mexican. It just... It was kind of better to just fit in and not deal with all the weird comments that people asked. Um, so my parents asked me, you know, do you want a quinceanera? What do you want to do? And I was like, no, I don't want one. And I, I regret it. Like, it was a huge so regret. So you didn't do so one. I didn't do one. But when I turned 30. I was going to say, you should do a double quinceanera when oh. you turn 30. So I already, you are so turned, I already turned 30. Did you do a double quinceanera? I did do a double quinceanera. No! I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't even do the math on. I didn't even think about that yeah. when she said thirty. I was like, and yeah, okay. Yeah, I, that I, makes sense. Fifteen I'm old. Um, so I. I'm older. Did it no. I don't know how. I'm I don't know how old I am anymore. <laughs> I stopped counting. But. So I got a very sparkly gold dress and a tiara and like just the silliest quinceanera decorations and invited a bunch of friends to a Mexican restaurant and. Oh. That is incredible. I love that. <laughs> that is such a like vic- another victory story <laughs> that I'm just blown away by. I feel like that could be like a solo show. I'm just thinking like a one woman show like quinceanera at 30. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be funny though like if you had like a sad story of like why you couldn't do the quinceanera when you were 15 and then you're just like I've been like thinking about this for the last 15 years and I'm gonna make it happen. This I is know. my year. I mean at the time I was like no no I can't tell anyone that I'm Mexican and now I'm like I want to tell everyone everything really? about being like, Mexican. So wasn't was it intentional that you didn't like come out and tell people, or was it? Did you just kind of like want to pass under the radar, or like how did you feel I about it? I think it was. I mean, when you're in high school, you want to fit in, yeah. And you just get weird questions, like you get the you don't have an accent mm-hmm. question, and you just th- there are the stereotypes that come about, and I just didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want to deal with it, and I had I wrote a play when I was in high school, and. I had written a that was going to be presented in the high school actually and I had written a draft and I turned it in and my drama teacher was like this is absolutely not you like you have to write what you know so I wrote a, a play about my Mexican heritage oh and my God. that was cool. like the very first time growing up that I remember being like public about my, who I was mm-hmm. and my culture and it was like a very defining moment. What, well what about when you first like started school like if you moved there when you were nine did you have did you know English in Mexico City did you take it or did you have to kind of so adjust when you moved? I went to a school in Mexico that taught English so I learned it pretty well um, the very first year there were a lot of things that I do remember having kind of like uh, stumble with like the very first day of school in the United States 
my like I knew and I understood English really well but my teacher was like oh you're from Mexico and she would speak really loudly and really slowly to me oh my god just all the time and that really singled me out and it was just she was a lovely person but that I really remember that and like my hearing is fine (laughs) and I also remember that same year my brother who was uh two grades above me he his very first day of school he wasn't feeling the the Pledge of Allegiance, like he didn't know what it was and the national anthem, he was like, I'm, I'm not comfortable. So he didn't stand up for it and all the other kids did. And then he got expelled from school. <gasps> oh my God. And is he, he being sponsored by Nike now? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I, let me, Nike, if you're listening, I want to sell you a story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't doing oh it maliciously. Expelled? Yeah, he was N- kicked out. What? That he, is insane. Like, was it a private school or a public school? No, it was a public school. Oh my and God. He wasn't doing it maliciously. He's like, I'm just not feeling just it. I don't feel American yet. And Aww. I mean, he was in sixth grade. So that I, I really remember that. And then he would also fight with a teacher a lot because one of his teachers called him an import. <gasps> and like what? Would, would refer to him as that a lot. And I've uh, never heard that. Is, is that a thing? I actually, I actually I've hear it heard. all the time. And I see it written really quite a bit in articles still. when Like at not being i don't understand not like being from article. here not being local no no no. Oh, but what? i mean is it meant to be derogatory, derogatory? oh well because it sounds very derogatory i yeah. i really think it is but when i see to this day articles when they're describing a celebrity like zoe saldana or best import from this country i kind of cringe i'm like that's not a word because an import should be used to describe an object like yeah goods like and, a yeah. goods and you know services it's like so i can't believe that's still a word that's yeah, I still hate, even though people use it all the time, and not for any derogatory reason, but transplant. It just makes me think of something surgical, like when you're a transplant. <laughs> not just, yeah. Be, yeah, I'm just like, ugh, I want, that doesn't sound cute. Yeah, like, oh, you're a transplant. It's funny because I get here, oh, you don't have a southern accent, and then Alabama, I go, oh, you don't have an Arab accent. Oh, but I was very adamant in Alabama to be like, oh no, no, I am not from here. No, no, you guys. Like I was like wanting to tell, make sure like they knew that mm-hmm. I'm Palestinian. Also, like if I tell them I'm Palestinian, first of all, no one had any idea what the fuck that was. Mm-hmm. They obviously like thought Pakistan or yeah, yeah. I don't know what they thought, but oh my god, the I had one teacher from Chile who who like because Chile has like a huge Palestinian population actually knew where I was from i think that was the closest interaction like she knew and i was like oh my god thank you so were were there other mexicans in your school or were you just you and your brother i honestly feel like there were probably five people of color there was one black family in our neighborhood i remember being in junior high and we all had to make a video uh a historical video and i was the darkest person and if you see me i'm pretty light uh, and I played Rosa Parks in the video. Really? So that's, that's so the, the story I tell people. Like, I was probably the darkest person in my school. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's very sad. <laughs> that video's around somewhere. I don't know. That's, we have to find it. That's even uh, less diverse in Alabama because at least we had other, like, white, black, and Latino kids. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was the only Arab. It didn't even yeah. occur to me to just be an all-white community. Yeah, once I moved to Salt Lake City, it was a lot more diverse yeah, yeah. and there's a huge okay. Polynesian community there. Oh, cool. oh nice. so it was great. Didn't Nick yeah. say his grandmother He's was Filipino Polynesian? His so his side of the family is or like Filipino, one quarter but yes, he did but he said recently like discover that yeah. one of his family members was oh, uh, cool. Pacific Islander, which is really cool. That's that crazy. Cool. 
Yeah, I really wanted to take him to the Philippines and because he's he never, never been, he's never been there, wow. and I have ne- never been there either. Um, but actually, in October, I'm taking him to Mexico City for the very first <gasps> time. Oh, I've been. It's beautiful. Thank you so I much. I love <laughs> it. I loved it. Uh, I haven't been. I want to go. You should go. It's very cool. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. I didn't. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how huge it was. Yeah. But it's also really cheap to get around an Uber, which was nice. Like, it was like <laughs> yes. five dollars to get to the airport. I'm like. And it was like a 30 minute drive. And I was like, I love this place. <laughs> it kind of, the area, Condesa, I think, is yeah, the, yeah. where we stayed. It's kind of like the Brooklyn. Yes, of the, hipster Mex- the hipster of Mexico Those City. Those are like the rich hipsters. Like the very That's nice. what I felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like walking around there. Like, I know like a little bit of Spanish, but not really enough to. Like, I feel weird. I'm just like, oh no. Because then I'll say like a few words and it sounds like I might know what I'm saying. And then they come back at me with like more conversation. I'm like, oh, this is where my knowledge ends. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I I loved it. I would love to go back. But, and great food too. Yes, absolutely. Do you cook? Do you make any like Mexican cuisine? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're both like, Get cooked, or or does Nick only make his? It was it tiki masala. Nick, <laughs> he, he does. He actually just ah. made baklava. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> so I saw his video, mm-hmm. and then I I turned to Nasser and I'm like, because he's also like a cook, and he he had a restaurant, and they'd make baklava yeah. from this like famous Palestinian um, family, like their old recipe, and it's like amazing. And I saw Nick's video, and then my mind was blown because I go, how do I was like, Nasser, how do you put syrup on baklava? And he's like, you cut it up and then you put it between the cracks. And I was like, mind blown <laughs> because I'm just an idiot. Thought you just pour it on the top. Mm. Did you know that? You're I'm Greek. I'm trying to you think. Should, or half Greek. Like, both your I, sides should do baklava. My neither of my side. My family's not a big baklava. My Arabic family's not a big baklava family. They're more of a knafe family. Yeah, same. Um, but my mom. We had a restaurant. My mom would make it and stuff. But I. I think I just never watched her make it. I'll yeah, never. The syrup thing never occurred to me. I know you have to put butter in between every mm-hmm. single layer of pillow, really? and there's it's, like yeah. twenty layers. So it's like an insane oh amount God. of butter. Yeah, it seems really tedious. Yeah, we made it on Sunday, and I was the butterer. <laughs> I put butter between all the things, and yeah, he was a filo, and he made it with pistachios this time. Mm. Oh, I like it with pistachios. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's great that you. Oh, it's nice to cook together. I do. You guys cook well together, or is it like a? Because I I do not cook well now, so we try our own way, and then I'm like, I'm gonna get out of the kitchen Interesting. now. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we're making dinner, we're cooking together because it's smaller. But when we're cooking for the holidays, we both really get into it, mm-hmm. and so we get in each other's way. So now now I'm like, okay, you go first, make all your dishes, right. and then I'll go first. Yeah, I think it's hard to collaborate like that. I know. Layla, I already know your answer about cooking. I don't You're not to a. Cook. She's not a foodie. No. Which um. And I don't really, I've never cooked with a partner I don't, that I can think of. When I have, I usually just take their hand, put it on the burner. And <laughs> I'm just like, like sorry, can't do it. Got to get out of the Very kitchen. Handmaid's Tale of um, you. Ooh. Yeah. They actually got that from me. Ah, uh, you inspired that story. But yeah. Um, do, like, the girl looks like me, right? The girl oh, that yeah. gets her hand burned. Oh, my That's God. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> it all um, coming together now. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not big on cooking. I'm, like, medium level on eating. <laughs> I like it sometimes. Food is my life. I can't. I can't. Like, I. It's such a big part of our lives. That I'm just like. I can't imagine. Like, that's the thing I look forward to the most when I travel. I'm like, I gotta try their local food. Or really? Yeah. Wow. I never even 
think about food when I travel. What? Like, it's like a Why do you travel? Yeah, what else is there? <laughs> like, like no, like, everything else, like, nightlife and, like, um, what do you call it? Like, natural. I, I really love seeing different topographies, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, like, the American West really interests me just because it's, like, those... That sort those sort of land formations don't exist anywhere else in the world, and mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. But I'm mainly just a big beach bum when I travel. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like I just that's like to lay fine. with my face in the sand, um, and that's that's what I do. What are your travel? Uh, uh, well, we just hobbies. took we just <laughs> took a big uh, anniversary cruise to Europe. Oh, nice! Oh, so yeah. Wait, we what? contacted you, and you st- I I didn't yeah. know where you were, but you said you were like away or something. That's yeah. awesome. You mean a cruise from here to Europe? No, so we flew to Barcelona, oh, okay. and we went to a few cities in Spain and Italy and France. Okay, cool. That's so awesome. It was really, really oh, yeah. great. Oh. And we ate so much good food. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So now that. <laughs> We've introduced love into the conversation. Layla, what Quite do you think bit. about us uh, play- playing? It's not really a game. It's Doing game. our new it's segment. We have a new segment. Yes. Called Fifty Shades, Shades of Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's That's a totally business. original, totally original <laughs> idea. Um, and we have a couple of new questions, which I've starred in the inbox. Ooh, okay. So I have easy access to them. Um, is it... Oh, okay. You tell me, actually. Oh, did you not? Did oh, you I not see the star. I went through a few. I uh, harassed people on social media to send us because people feel weird about it. And I'm like, just give us your best anonymous mm-hmm. uh, sleepless in Seattle name. I use that. Yeah. Um, well, one person didn't. You don't get my stars. No, oh. I saw it. I saw oh, okay. it. No. All right. So we've got a few different ones. Do you want to go on the serious side or do you want to start with something light? Ooh. Um, so these are questions from real there are people. Yeah, real people, people asking for dating advice. Ooh, great. Either and it's all related to like multicultural dating. Great. All right. Um, so let's just jump right into it. What yeah. do you want? Okay, let's do let's do a light one first. A light one yeah. first? Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Hips Do Lie says, <laughs> Dear No Flylist, I jam out to mainly electronic and 80s music, but every once in a while, I like to put on some Algerian rye. Is that how it's said? Ray? I don't know. I'm not Algerian, so I don't know. But it's Algerian music. Uh, Yeah, Um, I think so. Yeah, I like to put on some Algerian rye and really connect to my couscous-loving background. (laughs) How do I bust my country-loving bow into this genre? Mm. That's tough. Sincerely, Hips Do Lie. Wow. That is such a hard question. It is really hard. So, did you ever have to deal with this with Nick? Like, did he ever say, I hate mariachi music? And you had to, like, <laughs> <laughs> how can you hate mariachi music? Uh, but he real. does. It's so happy. He loves karaoke. Yeah. And in the beginning, I was like, okay, I, sure. And But he really loves it. So, I had to kind of, like, mm-hmm. adjust and I go with him and we have a lot of fun. But, yeah. Um, wow. My advice for this person. I would. I mean, don't shy away from playing it yeah. at all. You know, I have the same issue because I Danny like hates it when I play like Feruz or anything like, um, like. Well, that's OG. a hate crime if he hates it, right? <laughs> I think it is too. She's like a very famous Lebanese. Yeah, right? and she's um, very pro-Palestinian. Sings a lot about Palestine, and she's like just the voice of like the Levant. Basically, every like Syrian Palestinian Lebanese person is like in love with her. But she's like old school, kind of like she's like the Aretha. Aretha yeah, Aretha. Like, like an Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I can't speak. Aretha. Like very soulful. Um, 
but Arabic language music, uh, and he's like not into it. And I, I do like I'm like I don't know what to do. I think if it's like I used to not be into it as a kid, and then when I started, because it it always felt sad to me because my mom would listen to it and cry, mm-hmm. and then I it is sad music. It is very yeah. sad, and I can kind of see why people wouldn't get into it. But I think for me, um, it's funny because. Nasser likes really either ratchet Arabic music mm-hmm. that you'd only play in a village like riding a donkey <laughs> or he loves like Spanish music, Latino music. He loves it. He, he speaks Spanish fluently. He's like obsessed with the language um, and the culture and everything. And he's like, play, I'm just not as familiar with it. So he would play it a lot. And then I wouldn't like I wouldn't listen to it on my own, but now I'm like, actually, I really like this. And so I think it's exposure therapy, just yeah, kind of exposing right. that. Yeah, yeah. I think and right. then the thing is, they might think they don't like it. And then they'll right. hear that one song that mm-hmm. they're like, actually, I really like this thing. And then I'll introduce them to the rest of yeah. um, that kind of music. So uh, rock on with your Algerian <laughs> rye. rye I we we got to look this up because we sound super unwoke, not knowing what rye. I know. Well, it is. has the, I don't know what so is that called. Umlaut. Yeah, oh my God, I don't even know what it's called <laughs> on the I. It's like R-A-I with an umlaut. Whatever. We we did our best, guys. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we solved the world's problem. Um, this is a really interesting one, and I really want to read the subject line, too, which says, help, I don't want to date a white douchebag. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> this person says, my boyfriend is biracial, and sometimes he struggles with it. When he's around his white frat bros, he feels like he has to be more macho and less cliche and like a cliche straight white dude. And he thinks his Asian side makes him less cool. It ends up seeping into our relationship because whenever he's around them, he starts treating me like a macho white dude would, a.k.a. treating me like shit. Any advice on how to combat the influence of the frat bros? And this is from Plagued in Palo Alto. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Plagued in Palo Alto. I like that. That's really tough it is really tough this is also the second um sort of toxic masculinity question Mm. that we've gotten Mm -hmm. since starting the series which is really interesting because i think that's something i can't think of a culture that doesn't promote toxic masculinity i think it's very much ingrained in a lot of also very much so very much so in the asian culture because asian men like she said like they're made to Mm -hmm. feel like they are less than like white men or they're not as Mm -hmm. macho and i think i can understand from that side trying to overcompensate Mm -hmm. maybe on his own he wouldn't be bro-y yeah but i don't know i mean my go-to is tell the person how you feel about it and try not to um make it so that they feel defensive just be like i feel when you do this and this this it feels you know disrespectful or i feel disrespected Mm -hmm or whatever um instead of being like you act like a douchey bro um Mm. even though that's true it's probably not the most (laughs) conducive way to get that across and i i just get the feeling that the douchey bros could use like a lesson on why it's cool to be like the asian culture is cool yeah and i think he needs to use that to kind Mm. of i mean no one likes the guy that's like giving a lesson in the middle of a party but like i feel like that needs to be the turn that he takes of like hey guys you know, stop drinking beer for a second and let me teach you about. <laughs> Do you remember a time in your life when you sort of stopped being um, a little bit more quiet about your Mexicanness and decided to become more open about it and more proud? Oh, I. Or was it a very slow transition? It was definitely like high school going into college mm-hmm. and seeing just how diverse my college was and being like, all right, like this is 
being a different culture is very cool. So maybe then the op instead of having him hang around all these like white douchey maybe frat it's just boys, like drop your douchey white he, friends. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. start hanging out with mm-hmm. his Asian friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then come back down to earth and realize yeah. like, oh, it can actually. Or you could be both. You can. I mean, it says he's biracial. I'm guessing he's half white, maybe, um, half Asian. Right? Is that what you? S- yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe finding a happy medium between those cultures and not feeling like I can understand also like the white douchey culture the white yeah yeah (laughs) drop the white douchey culture or find like a good or take the the good parts of being I don't know what What are the good parts of being a douchey white frat bro though yeah Adam we're gonna need you to (laughs) (laughs) you have a good time the only he's the only white guy he's like none none (laughs) the only white male in the room I cannot relate to that at all yeah, Adam <laughs> says he wouldn't hang out with yeah. them either. So drop the douchey frat boys. Yeah. I, I think I, I think that's, that's good advice. Unanimous, uh, yeah. and then just hang out with good people. Just hanging out with good people in general will make you act a lot better. Or people you're comfortable you're, with. Yeah, exactly. If you're around people that make you feel like you have to be something else, then I feel like that's a big red flag, and you shouldn't yeah. be hanging out with those people. Like, I don't know. That I feel like I've dropped a lot of people in my life that the moment they reveal that they have some sort of like ultra negative trait or hate in them i'm just like i don't need this bye bye felicia <laughs> or more like bye philip phil <laughs> goodbye I phil know. i said goodbye phil <laughs> never talk to me and my son again <laughs> your new tagline bye phil yeah. yeah that can be yours well <laughs> i just like to say you heard it here first folks <laughs> oh god it's becoming a thing um but yeah, I, I I do think that it's hard when you're just told that your culture is terrible or shitty or less than or made to feel that way. For me, it was outward, mm-hmm. like racism in Alabama. But for some people, it might not be so strong. Like for you, like you said, you didn't really experience any like outward racism, but you still didn't feel comfortable enough to share your Mexican culture with people, right? Correct. Up until I saw how yeah. cool it was when yeah. I was in college and I was like why have I I've been hiding this whole time like it's this is a very cool thing and it's now more than ever really important to tell people Mm -hmm. why it's cool to be an immigrant and cool to be Mexican and why our culture matters yeah well what about your parents did they have like a strong sense of like pride about being Mexican they also like feel like they had to kind of blend in with the other white people in your neighborhood or with like the PTA moms or whoever I don't you know, I've never asked them that. I should probably ask them that. Um, I remember when I was in high school, my mom and I worked at the same telemarketing call center, and I was doing fine with it. You know, you just make repetitive phone calls all day, but she has a very heavy, beautiful accent, mm-hmm. um, and she would cry on the phone every day because oh. people could hear it right away, and it was just so hard to be next to her and be like oh my god you're beautiful you know thank you for moving us here don't worry about what this person is telling Mm. you on the phone like that doesn't matter but it happens so often that we were just trying to work and that's terrible people were really mean to were you calling people locally or throughout the country oh i think it was everything i think it was we were calling everyone so if you got like the wrong state (laughs) yeah oh can you imagine though being the type of person that would be mean to a telemarketer though like I I would never have the gut even if I felt very strongly I would never have the guts to like I will say I just hang up if, yeah, as soon exactly. as I find like out there's a telemarketer yeah. oh for sure it doesn't matter what their accent is I'm just like I, I actually usually, usually just say I'm 16 and I can't buy anything really? yeah <laughs> does that I work? Sound, yeah it works because I sound extremely young like oh. especially on the phone 
And they're just like, oh, okay, sorry. And I'm like, no problem. I'd probably day. overdo it like, hi, I'm 16. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I know how to make my voice yeah. sound no, younger. When I worked there in high school, that was like my high school job. Um, someone told me you get more sales if you have a British accent. So, <gasps> Oh, Ooh. for sure. So I was in the drama department, so I tried it out. <gasps> I tried out the British accent, and I got more sales. Really? Guys. Can yes. you do it? Give us a taste. Yeah. I remember, so I worked for Delta Airlines, so I'd be like, hello, my name is Anna Breton, and I'm calling from Delta Airlines, American Express credit card. And It I works because your name is Breton. Your last yeah. name is Breton. Breton. Wait, is that Nick's last name? No. No. no we. Pappas. I kept my name after we got no married. Yeah. It doesn't sound Mexican, which I know Breton. you've heard a lot in your whole life. Uh, Breton is actually French. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it sounds very French. There's some relative French, there yeah. somewhere cool who is yeah. a little French so you weren't like totally lying like you're <laughs> still within the realm of Europe and like <laughs> you could say you could pass for a British accent although people don't know over the phone I'm sure they're just like okay this yeah, unless you got a British person and they're like where are you from yeah. what is that <laughs> yeah yeah. I, never I got yeah I sometimes think I have a good British accent and then I've said it in front of British people they're like what the fuck is that? It's <laughs> terrible. Because there's so many. I guess it's hard to keep the dialect straight or the, or yeah, the yeah. regional like accent because mm-hmm. we just probably pull from everything from what yeah. we've seen on TV. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense. It's like yeah. I imagine if I heard someone speaking like a Jordanian, Lebanese, Syrian, uh, Kuwaiti, all yeah. Jordan, like mixed together, and I'd be like, that's, I don't know. No, that's a really good point. But, um, well, speaking of white people, <laughs> <laughs> our next all segment. the time, our next segment. Keeping you on your feet here. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Yes. Our next segment. Um, also, I just want to say thanks to everyone who did write in for. Um, yes. Keep sending please us. Please keep love sending questions. us. Even if you're the same person, we will keep answering yeah. you because, <laughs> hey, we've got nothing else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should send one. Um, Let us know how it goes. I want to keep. Oh, yeah. Keep follow ups. We love follow ups. We want to hear about what's happening and keep sending them in. Um, and if we didn't get to yours, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, so please don't get discouraged. All two people. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so this next segment is called Keeping, Keeping Up, Up with, with the, the Caucasians. Caucasians. Yes. Lila, you're not leaning into She was it. making eye contact with me as I said it, and I felt like I Our had last, to retreat. I was like, Lila, you know what? We should start saying it together, yeah. <laughs> like really cheesily. And then you got to like really lean into it, though. Okay, so in this segment... We talk about things that white people do and whether we <laughs> as non-white people also oh no. do them. So there are different categories. Um, we've got food slash beverage, pop culture slash TV, oh music, boy. activities, style slash clothes, phrases or sayings, miscellaneous. All right. I think I'm going to go with food. food. Nice. That's our, that's our definitely like most popular segment. Okay. I have a really good one that is not on the list. Oh, do you want to say it? No, we, let's go you put the wait? list first, uh, but I got a good one. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts about acai bowls? Oh, my I freaking God. love acai bowls. Really? I don't think they're healthy, I've but never, I love them. Okay. That's one. I think the nutritionist in me is always like whenever someone jumps on a on a fad, I'm just like, nah, but is it but is it a fad that people like eat it a ton? Yeah. Well, it's a thing. My white, lovely coworker who I share an office with eats one probably every day. What? <coughs> yeah. So shout out every to day. That is local. First of all, yeah. they're expensive. They're, yeah, they're like nine dollars. <laughs> nine to ten dollars. That's a lot. So every day they eat a side bowl. Have you had one? I honestly feel like I've had one, my whole life. <laughs> How was it? It was okay. It. I felt it was mush. 
I fell in love. I, I love mushy. Like, I, I am mushy. a thousand percent one of those people that, like, exper- would experiment with, like, blending a burger and drinking Ew. it. Because I just... <laughs> oh, stop. No. Okay. I, I like puddingy things and custardy, like, yeah. like, textures, but I don't like... I Not to say I wouldn't like an acai bowl. I just don't think... It's just they, they use, like, health, like, miss leading health information to sell that stuff so that's Do my they, personal this shit is, this, yeah, this is being like a superfood and like i mean it's it's right. healthy and it has antioxidants but it's not it's not like super food there's no one food that's gonna yeah. like they just sensationalize it and it makes me mad i also <laughs> the other thing is i don't like fruit so like mm, that's what yeah i just don't like what do you eat Let's yeah <laughs> What's um, a day in the life of Layla? I had fish sticks for lunch. Oh my god, you really do eat like a five year old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, for breakfast I had like lebna on toast. Um, that's acceptable. It's not healthy. It's not, but <laughs> at least it's like food. It's um, I don't know. A, a carrot. I think I had a carrot throughout the day. I just don't. I had a, a half a soylent. I love soylent. Yeah. You actually. I can't. Like I enjoy it. Ah. You know what else? I I've have, to- so have I told I you? Tried this? it. You told me have that it like. So I have really like a very sensitive stomach, and I feel sick like most of the time. So that's also why like I am, you know, like I, I still experiment with food. I just take a lot of Pepto. Um, <laughs> but when I drink a Soylent, whatever else I do that day, I'll have like a normal couple of days compared to when I don't. It's really crazy. Like I legit recently discovered that it's like my cure. Shout mm. out to Solonets. So maybe there's me. just something that you've been eating that's triggering your... No, because I still eat normally besides that. Besides oh, like one meal, I'll still eat really? the same stuff and I'll eat stuff that normally Are there probiotics me. in it? I don't know. There's got to we'll, be. We'll figure this out. Yeah. We'll get to um, the bottom of this. What I was going to say about acai bowls is in California, there's like way more smoothie and mm. acai places. But I don't... I think, you know, because you obviously like live in like a nutritionist bubble where like you have radar for when people talk about health food which i don't like for me and like my peers in california it's like an acai bowl is like a treat it's like ice cream you know what i mean like we would be like oh let's go get some ice cream and we'll go get like a interesting it's almost like just like a smoothie i guess yeah it is because also most of them if you go to like a si like a a bowl place most of them don't have an acai base like, that's mm. one, like, they have, like, a pataya base or a papaya base or a pineapple base. That still base. sounds very fancy. And very no, it's white. super <laughs> fancy, and it's just so Also, I don't, good. I don't think it should cost that much. I don't think yeah. healthy food should be so inaccessible um, to be yeah. with. But that's another story. I don't story. think it's healthy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, fruit in general. Like, fruit like that is usually. Fruit is like expensive, Fruit though. is expensive. Yeah. I have clients tell me that they don't eat fruits and vegetables because it's so expensive. And I'm like... I, I get that, but like there, there are ways around it. But yeah. it sucks. It sucks to you live. You have to know like, like your seasonal fruits. Yeah, and where they like grow. Join a like CSA or something. I don't what the know. heck is that? It's on our list actually. Yeah, <laughs> CSA, community supported agriculture. So like you basically buy shares into like a, a farm, and they bring you like once a week. You pick up um, fruits and vegetables That's or whatever so nice. they have available, mm-hmm. and it's cheaper. And it's uh, it supports local agriculture, and you can, uh, I don't know, it's great. You don't yeah. get to choose what you want usually. Like it depends which one you join. It's like whatever is available. Yeah. Th- that. That's great. That week. So join a CSA. I would love to. It sounds like a weird. I cult. put it. I know <laughs> it might be. <laughs> if you're part of a CSA, please reach out to us. Okay. Should we pick another topic? One more. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see. So we we did food. We'll do. So there's mm-hmm. pop culture slash TV, music, activities, style slash clothes, 
phrases or sayings and miscellaneous. Oh, I'm intrigued by activities. <laughs> activities <laughs> for five points. Mm, okay, let's stay on this theme and go with apple picking. Oh my god, I have so many thoughts. Mm. Tell, tell us. I can't. I can't stand it. You have guys. Have you ever done it? I have not. Here's. I think. I honestly think it's offensive. Right? It is. Yeah. I think it's so I'm, offensive it's that it's a trend. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I know so many people who like love to do it, and they're like all these like. PTSD mm-hmm. war reporters and they're like, let's go apple it's picking. Like I'm work like, nah, dude. For other people no. in other countries. I remember like going in this country. Yeah, it's work yeah, for people here. In this country. That's true. I'm just like I remember like going olive picking when it was like olive season to make like the olive oil in Palestine. And so we'd like climb trees and stuff and like get all this like and I didn't realize they were just tricking us into like into <laughs> <laughs> into labor basically, into child labor, but it was work. And I'm like, I'm not gonna go leisurely apple picking. That's not fun. I my coworkers went last year, and it's just for Instagram. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a fall trend. Oh, yeah. And I told them before, I'm like, Mexicans do this every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, have some respect. <laughs> and it's like going to a factory to work for, like, two hours. Go into a, a sweatshop. Yeah. And they probably pay the migrant workers much less in a day for how much yes. it costs per hipster to go <laughs> apple picking. Yeah. What's the what's the I'm algorithm sure on like that or, like, the, the formula? It, like, it costs money. Like, you One pay to get in. You pay to get Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. I do like donuts. And what else do they have there? Like, apple They do? Apple like, cider. apple cider. It's I like love apple cider yeah and especially when it's winter in new york yes. but i'll like, like hot the apple cider yes mm. like what i think it's cinnamon in general like it's supposed to help like stimulate your mood I and stuff hate <gasps> cinnamon we just don't get along <laughs> like, i like don't know like i, I like with you. clinically hate cinnamon like if somebody oh my has God. cinnamon like near me that's insane it do you know what it smells like to me what it smells like a straight butt it just <laughs> smells like a butt like it's Horrifying. Whose butt smells yeah. like cinnamon and give uh, like everybody in the world? To me. No, <laughs> I don't. I swear to God, like when somebody has like like I worked in an that office no once sense. where somebody would drink cinnamon tea, I and I genuinely tea. thought that like they the bathroom butt. had exploded. Like I was like, oh my god, like you know what? there's a sewage problem <laughs> in this office, and I had to leave. Like I had to leave early because I was like, I can't That's work under these conditions. You must have one of those like it's almost like the taste buds where people taste cilantro soapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you must or have dirt. that like or dirt. dirt, which is crazy. You have that. I know. I love cilantro, cilantro but oh, okay. it, like I know what you mean. Like that sort of. Yeah, that's. Yeah. So you see cinnamon as butt, or you mm-hmm. smell cinnamon as butt. <laughs> the weird thing is, I don't mind like deeply cooked cinnamon. So like a cinnamon roll is mm. fine. Because like, it's not even real. It's like cinnamon <laughs> extract or cinnamon yeah, like fresh, synthesized flavor. Fresh cinnamon. There's some sort of like sharpness to the. I don't know what it is, but I like truly hate it. Well, and I can I've learned it from so very much. Far away. My mom hates vanilla and the smell of vanilla <gasps> and the taste of vanilla. That's which insane. Is because it's like she hates vanilla scented candles, vanilla, like, and I love that stuff. Yeah, me and too. I, and, but cinnamon is also like one of those like I fragrances. I think vanilla is a bit more universal than may, cinnamon. Yeah, though. I mean that's why it's called v- people go yeah. vanilla. And like the base <laughs> of most ice cream is vanilla. The yeah. base of most cake is vanilla. That's weird. She just doesn't like the taste. I think she'll like eat vanilla ice cream yeah. sometimes. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm going to start a conspiracy theory, but there's a lot of Mexican people that I know that we can't stand peanut butter. Mm. Like, it's an acquired thing. Like, the most recent of an immigrant you are, the least yeah. you like yeah. it. That's, I think that's how yeah. it is for... I, I, my, I don't think my mom would ever really eat peanut butter. Oh, my parents butter. wouldn't I, go near it. I didn't grow up eating it because we'd eat, like, Lebanese sandwiches, but I think I started 
eating peanut butter maybe really like when I moved here. I was never like mm. a big pe- I ate it some in Alabama, but n- it wasn't like huge. Yeah. In in I grew up in Greece a lot or a lot often. <laughs> I grew up in Greece for a large chunk of my childhood and but I had been born in America. So I had had peanut butter, acquired the taste, mm. went to Europe. You could not at the time at the time, you could not find peanut butter anywhere. Like it was unheard of. And I remember like we would go to the store and be like, like my, me and my little brother, like, we need peanut butter. And they would be like, what, what? the <laughs> heck is that? And, like, it didn't exist. They would give us, like, tahini, and they would be like, that's peanut butter. <laughs> that's close be enough. Like, not the same, but fine. Um, and then re- just recently I went in, like, August or something, and they had peanut butter. Like, it was easy to come by, and it was What's the most absurd thing. funny is it's thing. really easy to make, but I guess you're, it's yeah, not going to occur know. to you as a kid. Also, like, they put tons of sugar and, like, palm oil and stuff that makes yeah. it the way it tastes. So it's not really – I don't even, like – I don't like the natural one. Yeah, I should, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's like the oily and yeah, the separation. It makes me really like gag. I'm just. I don't like. like I don't like nuts in general. Okay, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you don't like nuts. You don't like cinnamon. How did you eat dinner at our house? I don't even know. But there was no nuts or cinnamon. That's anywhere. true. Maybe. But oh well. Now that you don't try to poison me. Don't. Yeah, it's really easy now. <laughs> well, not even poison you. Just get the taste of butt the thing is like i'll still (laughs) eat it like if somebody puts because i'm truly not a foodie like i'll still eat something that i really don't like just so that i'm not hungry anymore Mm. um i just won't gravitate towards it that's insanity Mm -hmm. um so anna you and i and nick will go out to eat (laughs) yes i'm excited you know what fine and you can fly your drone you can fly anna's drone yeah you can bring your soylent you can fly the the drone Mm -hmm. totally like 21st century yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) just enjoying this applebee's right here um but that's how you play keeping up with with the the caucasians Caucasians. have i told this story on the podcast about how i'm a super taster no what does that even mean so you can maybe we should as part of uh I train my palate bring these so there are these strips that have i think a chemical called ptc or something like that and basically what it is it's uh it used to be used as a genetic test back in the day because if you can taste this particular chemical it was discovered by accident in a lab and if you can taste this particular chemical um it's passed down on the paternal on the father's side so we were in class in, in, in grad school and our teacher brought us these like pieces, of these just like white strips of paper. And she gave like everybody a piece of paper. Half the class was like, yeah, I don't, what is this? Like, it just tastes like a paper. The other half, uh, myself included, it tasted like pennies in our mouth. And oh. it was Ooh. so strong and bitter. And I was just like, oh, like, what is this? So turns out if you can detect this chemical that you have like super tasting taste buds wow. <laughs> so i'm a super taster no big deal <laughs> i will throw oh it in nasser's face because he's supposed to be like the food chef one of we us and i'm like, like buy these but yeah things. i think we should buy them test them on the podcast test them yeah especially since we talk about that food a lot we should do a spin-off food we podcast. honestly should we should do a food segment oh, like, we honestly, should do a food segment i know i feel like we talk about <laughs> food. that's but like the blue and black dress yeah yes. exactly that would go viral for sure except this way you can definitively tell like if yes. you, you know yeah if if you determine i mean it's the ptc or whatever the chemical is definitely on the strip of paper so oh uh, just like the dress was definitely black and blue I don't remember what I thought anymore. It, I, I saw don't the right thing because I'm not an idiot. I think, <laughs> okay, I think I thought it was white, to be honest. Really? I think we just have opposite. We do. Um, we have opposite, like, sense talents. 
sense tap. What about the Laurel Yanny thing? Oh, man, I hated that one. Oh, my you, God. Which one did you hear? I honestly hated it because everyone was doing it around me, mostly my coworker, mm-hmm. Caroline, who eats <laughs> acai bowls. I love her. Um, but she Shut all day up. she was like, Yanni, Laurel, and just kept saying it over and over. And that I was like, that's not so how, how it works. I think I heard Laurel. Yeah, and it was Laurel, and I heard Laurel. And I'm, like, so sick of people hearing and saying the wrong thing. It makes me so mad. Also, my little brother's yeah, name is Yanni. Yeah, I was just to say, your brother's name is Yanni. And he so. was, like, he was obsessed with it, but, like, for different reasons. Did people, <laughs> do people call him Laurel sometimes? I wanted to. I should. <laughs> I told him, you should tell people your name is Laurel oh. while this is still a thing. That's great. Dude, I found these on Amazon, the PTC strips. Really? They're, they're like five bucks for a hundred of them. Whoa. What? I'm going to get it. We got to get this. We should. It says do not eat contact strip. Too. Oh, oh, you can put it on your tongue. Obviously. No. I'm like, was I being Don't poisoned? <laughs> okay. This is going in the cart. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that should be our next segment. Are you a super taster? Yeah. And then we just like, that's it. And they're just like, and then you? we're and like, get out. out. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know if I am. Oh, uh, next time I see okay. you, I'll just carry the strip Please. around. Yeah. I should just have it randomly. Honestly, as a nutritionist, like, you really you should. Know? But that was cool to know that I was a super taster. Yeah. I just want to put that out there that you so heard it here first. Okay. I'm not going to say that. You, uh, I heard it here first. You definitely. all he- heard it, including Adam. Um, I don't even know if he's still awake. No, he's, mm. I'm kidding. He la- He's a really great sound test engineer, audience. test audience. Yeah, he's a he's a good laugh. Um, I hope that laugh is right. like. I hope the mic picks that up. <laughs> what if he was like, God, I have to get through this and pretend these girls are being funny and entertaining? I mean, dude, like when it's your job, like that's what you have to do. Yeah, like you just pretend. I mean, to I watch there. comedy all the time. And I don't laugh except like maybe one time. Do you get like really stressed, both of you, when you watch? comedic things do you get really stressed like looking at the details and thinking like oh that was a good shot or a good whatever or a good joke or i would have done it differently or whatever if it's great i get lost in the moment and i don't if it's so good but if it's like no like sometimes you know if there's Mm -hmm. like lulls i'll be like ah like i'll notice stuff i don't know what about you Anna? yeah i usually will watch something once just to watch it and mm-hmm. enjoy it and the second time i'll be like okay what are the details what yeah. what made it funny or what made it not funny yeah. so like for work or just for fun like does that happen? for everything yeah, yeah. i yeah. overanalyze it yeah <laughs> same um so anna where can we find your work <gasps> where we can follow you and uh follow me on twitter at at miss Breton. um great handle yes thank you so much uh, what else? I'm on Instagram as well as Breton Anna, and I just started a drone account for ah, all, oh, yes. all my drone videos, which I've been told are very relaxing. Someone, Ooh, okay. are you hashtagging them all ASMR? No, <laughs> I do a thousand aerial ASMR. Yes, you yeah. yeah. should start it. I Holy really crap! Should. Oh my god, you're yeah. welcome for making you a millionaire. Thank Go you on. So much. I will next <laughs> next one. That's the hashtag. <laughs> what's what, what's the handle for the? It's the Anna Drones. Anna nice. drones. drones. I love it. And guys, please um, listen, rate, review, mm-hmm. subscribe, give us a five star review, send us some email, noflylistpod at gmail.com. And at noflylistpod everywhere else. Yes. And you can send us your dating questions, relationship questions, or and just th- anything. And also, really. ideas for keeping up with the Caucasians. I'm oh, sure there's yeah. so many things that we don't That's think true. of. That's true. Caucasians out there, if you don't hate us and if you are actually listening, send us some ideas because uh we're uh we're really covering some
point ground here. And uh, we're finding things that we all share in common. Maybe not in today's episode. <laughs> exactly. Sight, maybe. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Anna. So nice to have you. Thanks so much. Good luck at the Emmy. Yes. yes. Ah. We'll tune in. Can we? We probably can't. We can't. Yeah. Hey. Yeah.